Welcome to Ohio Roots, the official podcast of the Ohio Genealogical Society. Join us as we embark on a captivating journey through Ohio's rich genealogy, history, and abundant resources. Hosted by me, OGS Executive Director Noel Poirier, this podcast brings you insightful conversations with a diverse array of guests, from OGS members, chapter leaders, and staff, to renowned genealogists, historians, and influential figures within the genealogical community. Each episode delves into fascinating topics and captivating stories. So grab your headphones, hit that play button, and join us on this enthralling journey of Ohio's roots. Our guest on today's episode of the Ohio Roots Podcast is Linda Swanson. Linda is the OGS librarian at the OGS Samuel D. Isley Library in Belleville, Ohio. Technically, her title is Library Collections Manager, which she served in since February of 2021. Linda began with OGS as our digital librarian in September of 2019. She manages the library's day-to-day operations, including supervising the archives, library volunteer projects. Uh, Her undergraduate work was done at Denison University in Granville, and her master's in library and information science was secured from Kent State University. She's also worked at the Newberry Library in Chicago and the Ashland University Library, and we're very excited to talk to Linda today uh, in an informal way, and, and we hope you enjoy our conversation. Well, we are so happy today to have the OGS librarian Linda Swanson join us on the OGS Ohio Roots podcast. Not that she had much of a choice, because I think I made her do this anyway, but thank you for joining us today, Linda. No, no, I enjoy being here. It's a total pleasure. So thank you. Okay. Well, well that's good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, you know, oftentimes so far we, we've interviewed a lot of genealogists and, and researchers. So what we're hoping to do with these when we talk to folks who work for OGS and, and who are on our board of directors or, or volunteer for us is to make sure our OGS members know who we are, um, what we do, and, and, and how we can help them and others. And so to do that, to get to know us, I'd like to ask you a couple questions about, you know, how did you end up at OGS? Um, so <clears throat> to go back a little bit further than that, I just <laughs> I decided late in life what I wanted to be when I grew up. I mean, I'm not super light, late. I don't want to pretend like I'm that old, but um, so I decided that I wanted to be a librarian, that I wanted to go back to to, to graduate school and get my MLIS. And um, I graduated in the spring of 2019 and just started looking for jobs. And I live in, uh, I live very close to the Ohio Genealogical Society, I had decided that I was going to have to commute somewhere that in order to find a library, um, uh, because I specialized in digital librarianship in particular, um, I was certainly looking at public libraries. I had no problem with that idea, but I I did know that my skill set would take me to certain places that were doing certain kinds of work in in particular um, digitizing um, usually historical stuff that you have in your library. And uh, so I thought for sure I was going to have to do an enormous commute. And um, I'll be honest, I didn't know the Ohio Genealogical Society was in (laughs) Belleville. And uh, they just so happened to just have decided at that time that they wanted a digital librarian. So they had had a staff of three here for, oh, more than 15 years. Um, They had a library director, um, a uh, administrative assistant and a secretary. And I believe the board deliberately decided that they wanted to invest in their digital assets and the things that they were offering online. They were also creating a new website at the time. And so they actually were looking to hire a digital librarian. And to have a place like this, um, actually looking for 
the, uh, the thing that matched my skill set and my um, my interests. And uh, it was just amazing. So I'm thrilled to be here at Ohio Genealogical Society, working in my backyard at a place doing the thing that I'm actually trained to do best. So yeah, well, obviously, we're all very happy to have you. You did some work for a very prestigious institution prior to coming here, though, right? So I did um, have a lot of, I had several interactions with the Newberry Library from Chicago. Mm. Uh, when I was in undergrad at Denison University, uh, I was doing a senior um, honors project, honors thesis, and there was a program with the GLIAC schools. Oh, I meant to look up what GLIAC meant, but <laughs> it's the Great Lakes something something. Uh, it's just a conglomeration of schools. Uh, they had a program, and it's, it's still running, uh, where you do kind of like a fellowship at the Newberry Library in Chicago nice. for a semester. There's usually like a big theme for this. We studied and read some books together, but there was a group of about, oh, I want to say there were 30, 20 to 30 of us from all over, you know, different schools. You come to Chicago, you live in an apartment, and you um, go, you know, you do, do work at the Newberry Library. So I did my own research at the Newberry Library. I was interested in um, pre-Victorian women writers. Um, I actually ended up doing a new paper on De La Riviere Manley, who is a restoration author hmm. in England. And they have her original works there. So I get wow. to actually hold primary sources yeah, and things like cool. that. Um, but why we were there and we're poor college students, they offered us basically work study um, there. And so I worked in their stacks, which are climate controlled and actually have a very interesting um, fire suppressant system. So you were trained to always know where the exits were because you, if fire happened, you only had a limited time to get out of the floor before they start sucking all the oxygen uh, out yes. of the place. But Yikes. I worked in their stacks and I was organizing their, um, so I was like an, a, an employee. I mean, I got to see the back rooms and mm -hmm. their, and also they were touring us. You know, they showed us how they um, restore things, how they preserve things, you know, all their processes and how they take care of their incredibly unique collection that right. they have there. Um, but I worked with antiquarian um, book catalogs. That doesn't mean the catalogs were antiquarian. These are the things that um, auction houses produce okay. when they have, you know, works that they're trying to sell. And so not only was it a list of, you know, it's these catalogs, you know, have lists of the things that even were available or existed, mm -hmm. um, but also um, the directors and the um, the people that were doing their um, <clears throat> their collection development would make notes. So it was kind right. of a history of the library itself and oh, how they wow. made decisions on what they bought. So it was really fun. Descri describe for me what is a digital what is a digital librarian? Can you briefly discuss like what that entails? Um, so it's specializing in digital resources, whether okay. those resources are born digital, like they always have been digital, they were created mm -hmm. digital, or if you are actually digitizing analog okay. things, physical things, right. um, there is, um, so not only is it about how to capture the best images, it's mm -hmm. about how to create access to those images, okay. present them online, but it's also about what's really my love, which is metadata or descriptions okay. of these works so that people can find them. Because right, right. sometimes a lot of them 
happen to be pictures. So you need words that describe a picture so people can find it. Got it. Okay. And I know, I mean, that's what you were initially hired as was to, was to essentially just handle digitization processes for the OGS. Um, and I know that your job has changed over time uh, to be more responsible for, for the library as a whole, including its, its, uh, you know, three-dimensional and two-dimensional collections, as well as, you know, supervising the archives. When we talk about, I mean, obviously there's been this huge boom in digitizing records for research and putting them online. And, and we all know about familysearch.org or Ancestry or some of the other smaller, uh, smaller venues for that. And so we know all that stuff is out there. Yet the OGS maintains a rather substantial library uh, facility in Belleville. So why should a genealogist with all that other digital asset that, that are out there, why should they make a visit to a library still, a physical library? Well, first and foremost, um, I'm actually not a, permitted to digitize all of the things that are in our collection. We have over 70,000 volumes in our collection. And uh, if I'm going to make up a statistic off the top of my head, I would guess that um, 85 to 90% of the things that we have here are still protected by copyright, okay. which means that I cannot copy them and put them online for others to, to view. Right. There's, there's other works arounds for this, but the big caveat to me anyways, is that it cannot be put on our website, right. which is actually um, presenting it in a way that was not copyright prevents you from doing that. Right. And, and, and so as a result, a visit to the library is the only way you're going to see many of these resources. Right. And um, since I came here or, you know, since I, uh, so I was promoted to, you know, the library collections manager when Tom Neal retired in um, 2021, um, one of the things that I have been really focusing on or thinking about is um, collecting the things that other people might not keep, other people meaning like in particular public libraries okay. might not keep. Um, you know, public libraries have to keep things that circulate, you know, things that people are using. And mm -hmm. um, they do keep some things because it's just healthy to keep them. Um, but I, you know, the Ohio Genealogical Society collection is focused on um, regular families, everyday families, right. your family, my family. Um, <clears throat> I always tell people I don't need another um, biography of William Taft because he is well covered. <laughs> and <laughs> you can get that at your public library. Public libraries circulate. OGS does not circulate, right, right. Uh, meaning you can't take our stuff home with you, um, mostly because our stuff is incredibly unique. And mm -hmm. so we don't want to lose our precious one of a kind things. But um, I also so I think it's important that we are collecting the things that other people might not. OK. And and can you talk briefly in general, kind of give an overview of the library collection? Like what we have in it or yeah, like what, what would people what would people expect to find if they came made a visit to Belleville? Um, so we always start kind of with a tour. Um, there are certain things that we'll never I can't foresee that we'll ever stop collecting things like mm -hmm. obituaries sure. and, and those kinds of items. So um, our collection is organized by location. So when you come in, you know, you can find a whole section of, you know, Lucas County information in, in, our, mm -hmm. in a section. So um, as well as, you know, things that cover the entire state of Ohio. So um, uh, most of our collection are um, resources and data and information that, uh, that have been gleaned from records that exist 
at, at a like maybe at your county level. So in the state okay. of Ohio, most of our records really still are at the county level. Right. Um, so historically, people have gone in, they've looked at those will books, they've abstracted them, and they they put them in a book, or they just even index it to let you know, hey, so and so Linda Swanson has a a line in this this register in this book at right. this at this county. So you have those kinds of things. But some of my more favorite parts of our collection would be um, what we call our family histories. Okay. And those are, um, the genres are kind of wide because it can be just a simple, you know, you wrote some lines about your family, um, it could just be a, a narrative, um, right. or it can be, you know, a well-researched, well-documented family, you know, lineage with all the numbers so you can tell what part of the family line they are and all this kind of stuff. Those are my favorites because that's that's the research that our members are doing. And mm-hmm. so, um, hey, you know, it's always worth putting your surname in our catalog because somebody right, might have already right, done the work that right. you are about to do. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and also other precious things in particular um, are Bible records. Our Bible right. records are really, really important to me. Um, they're the yeah. only, um, you know, many times they're the only record that exists right. of somebody's birth, death, marriage, whatever. So, and how are the Bible rep- records like presented or made available to people? So right now we um, have them in, files that exist okay. in our physical collection. Okay. But if you do the search on the main page of our website, that just mm-hmm. general database search, sure. um, they are indexed in okay. there. And what's great about that is like, um, you know, uh, if you're, if you marry somebody or you marry into a family, you know, you're, you're going to show up, maybe you're under the Smith Bible, but your last name was um, Williams or something okay. like that, but it'll show up that it's in the Smith Bible because she married right. into that family or something. So they are indexed on that thing. So put oh, your nice. names okay. in there, your people's names in there. See right. if we have a Bible record on them. So and, and I and I understand. I mean, if someone's going to visit the library, obviously they can access um, our online library catalog as well, right? Just to see if there's a resource here that might be helpful. Absolutely, I always encourage people before they come to look in the library catalog because. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, I mean, that way you can make a plan of the things that you want to right, look at here. Right. Um, it also gets you into the collection. So, sure. um, you know, what section you're in that you can kind of browse around too. Yeah. I'm, I'm old school in that. I love libraries. I love physical libraries and, and I, I love serendipitous, um, browsing when you right. go into a library and you know, the book you're pulling, but you look around and yeah. like, Oh, I never thought about looking for those books or this. <laughs> right. And, and I think our library is well set up for that. Um, that kind of like discovery um, by accident, by happiness. The Ohio Roots podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Genealogical Society, the premier gateway for discovering your Ohio family history. To learn more about joining, visit www.ogs.org. Yeah, for me, I mean, I, I enjoy, and, and you know this about me, I usually get to work pretty early in the morning when I'm at the library. And, and, and there are many mornings where I just enjoy going and browsing through the library stacks or, or and grabbing a book and sitting down on the sofa there in the library and just kind of enjoying a, a 15 minutes of, of uninterrupted and hopefully uninterrupted time uh, to just kind of enjoy being in the library since I don't get to do it very often. I know we, one of the things we've, we've focused on collecting at the library over the last what would you say five or 10 years are um, yearbooks from OGS schools. And I understand we have quite a few of those now. Right. We're at 23,000 right now yearbooks in the state and um, our yearbook librarian who is a volunteer here at OGS 
who has made it his life mission, his name's Aaron Turner, has made it his life mission to collect every single yearbook that was ever created in the state of Ohio ever. Uh, <laughs> and why are those important? Just out of curiosity. So, well, first, they're there's a whole like he could go on forever about it so could exactly. i so these are named and labeled pictures of people for right. mo the most part and a lot of people will discover their relatives and this is the only picture they have of them right um even I and mean, it doesn't you don't have to go very far in somebody's history to um to start running out of pictures so for mm -hmm. instance i have three pictures of my grandmother and right. one of them is in a yearbook here at ogs that's so wild. that, you know, that's, yeah, running out of pictures is kind of, but then also these yearbooks. So we think of them as, you know, these highly polished things that some corporation created and, and whatnot, but the early ones are super fascinating because um, sometimes people just made them a, a lot of little places made them on their own. Right. They, they printed the pages and pasted in the pictures. And so um, that's just, it's just amazing recording of people. And also it's a real fun time. I mean, I think, a lot of us remember our high school years as a certain point in time. I hope it was happy for you. It was a happy time for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. I just, just seeing your relatives, you know, in that, in that youth time. Yeah. I think we don't tend to think of our grandparents as ever being young. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's sometimes it's nice to see a picture of your grandfather when he was, you know, 18 uh, and just starting out a life that you know everything about now. So your book's pretty interesting to do that, I guess. And also, um, if you have educators in your family, you can actually, mm. uh, my, my husband's sure. great grandfather was, I'm sorry, grandfather was an educator and I can actually see him grow up in the Akron school, <laughs> school system. So. It's, it's, it's kind of like that, the, that, uh, what, what is that one teacher who's worn the same shirt for every picture he's <laughs> ever taken for like the last 40 years. So you kind of see him over 40. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a wonderful collection. And I, and I know that it's something that when people come to the library and I have a chance to, to, to show off stuff, I always like to show off the library's uh, yearbook collection. I think it's a neat, again, it's, it's a nice way to get a snapshot in time of your relative or even your relative's community. Um, because oftentimes they include images from out, from outside the school as well. So that's always kind of nice. Now I know, I understand you also, obviously, well, I understand, I know this because we work together. Um, you know, <laughs> you, you, I, I keep sounding like I don't know anything. Um, you, you supervise, uh, OGS archivist, uh, Jenna Kish, who I'm going to rope into another interview sometime down the road. Um, can you talk a little bit about the archive? Like what, 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 what would people expect to find there? Um, so well, in general, an archive is a collection of papers and uh, um, information that's not been published as a book, basically. Um, I will say that it's always our goal to put the most things on our shelves as possible because mm -hmm. it's just much more 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 browsable. So we have things on our shelves that maybe other places wouldn't right. have on their shelves. Um, we have some creative ways to put information out there. Um, but in the archive um, are... Uh, we do have some record books. We do have some naturalization papers. Um, we also have some, you know, personal papers um, of former genealogists okay. um, and, and information like that. I don't want to steal Jenna's thunder. No, 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 much, no, but... <laughs> that's okay. I just, just give it... people an overview of, of the kinds of larger scale resources. I mean, Jenna will be, Jenna does a pot, uh, we'll be doing a podcast interview with us down the road, but she also does some webinars on the archive as well, which are, which are going to be very instructive for people. 
I actually, I really enjoy having Jenna here. And, and also, I, um, I think that archives are something that people don't necessarily understand really well, because they haven't mm -hmm. interacted with them personally. Right. And um, we definitely would like to change that here at OGS yeah. and have you have you come in and look at our stuff. Um, I will I, say I mean, that we are absolutely happy to pull anything anytime yeah. for anybody. Um, it's always better if you give us a heads up because sometimes right. things are heavy yeah. or um, up high and we need, you know, to, to hand them to each other gently. But um, sometimes people think of those as the, you know, the things that you can't touch, the things you can't interact. And that is not our attitude right. here. Um, I want you to use our resources. Otherwise, why am I keeping them? Right. I think one of my favorite resources, and I'm, I'm, I assume, I, I guess it's an archival resource, is the Ohio Photograph Collection. Um, and the it's something OPC, that the OPC like to call it in the background. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I enjoy it because I'll come in in the morning and, and, you know, I do a lot of work for the OGS's social media and, and, and communication angles. And I'm always looking for a, a kind of an interesting image uh, that I can use or manipulate or alter in some way to make it uh, fun to use. And I'm, I'm never disappointed when I look at the Ohio photograph collection, because there's always something in there. Um, it, it, you know, and I know one of our, one of my big goals is to make sure we can get that digitized and, and accessible. Yeah. Um, so that if you're searching uh, for an ancestor in Ohio who might've been photographed and might have an image in the Ohio photograph collection, uh, you'll be able to find it. Um, I, I, it's just one of my favorite collections there, I think. I will say, even though it's not digitized, it is incredibly indexed, and we mm -hmm. have not made that available okay. um, online quite yet. Um, we're trying to put it in a way that is more helpful to people, but sure. um, we're about to release those things as awesome. far as just 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 so you can be able to search for them. Right. If not if not in a PDF list, um, but also maybe putting it as part of a um, in a database search. Yeah, so and, and I know it's and I know it's one of those collections that's always growing, so it's it'll it will never be completed. Um, but but it to make Make it even remotely accessible i think is great um since you brought up kind of what's what you're doing with with opc what are some of the other initiatives that we're we're moving forward with at the library right now um so um we do have our digital assets online right now, but we are looking for, um, you know, always to improve the way that they're presented online and that the mm -hmm. way that they're searchable online. Um, so that's that's one of my initiatives right now is to to look at um, how we're actually making those things available and how discoverable they are. Right. Sure. Um, we're um, right now we're working on. This is not necessarily a library. Sure. I don't know where the line for library or OGS sometimes is, you know, right, sometimes right. one and the same. Um, but uh, right now, the, the point of view uh, that we have taken here as, uh, at, at OGS is that we are the gateway to information. Mm -hmm. So we are looking for ways to um, let people know what we have here so that they know it exists. So, for instance, it, this is not a new initiative, but it's a it's a relative. It's only a year old or so. Um, we put our library catalog on WorldCat. So mm -hmm. WorldCat.org. If you're not familiar, it's a union catalog, meaning it's a collection of a whole bunch of uh, of library catalogs in one location that is searchable. And what's really great about that is you can you can put the things that you're searching for in there. And if a work comes up, you click on it. It'll tell you what libraries have okay. it. If right. you put your zip code in there, it'll tell you which libraries closest. Um, but that um, was really important to us that our library catalog, which contains so much of the things that we had, the resources that we actually hear, mm -hmm. find a wider audience. Right. We wanted, you know, people that didn't know about us 
to to happen upon us by looking for other things. So, um, and along those other lines, we're looking to work with the um, a family search wiki, which okay. has a larger audience than OGS to um, to find ways to um, document on that because it, it's a really good research guide. Right. Shows you where to look for kinds of information for certain locations. Um, we're hoping to open up our information in that manner by um, you know putting hyperlinks on there in that wiki um, for some of the things that we actually have here. Um, so it's always um, Jen and I are always working on what the library term is discoverability. We okay. want to make it more and more easy for people to discover or find the things yeah. that we have here at OGS. So. And, and I know that in Ohio, it can be a challenge where some states centralize all of their county records in one repository. Um, Ohio went in a different direction, um, which I think is why our chapters are so vital to disseminating that information to genealogists. Um, you know, one of the things you, you talked about us being a gateway, and, and one of the things I like to do is tell people that even if we don't have the resource, we want to make sure we know where it is so we can direct people to the right resource that they need. Um, and if we have it, great. If we don't have it, that's fine as well, as long as we're providing that gateway, that 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 way for people to find that information. And I know you've talked in the past about a, a program of trying of, of getting our various chapters to to donate digital assets to OGS. Can you speak to that a little bit? Well, um, it's so it's the Age for 88 program that we have here. It's actually something that Tom Neal or at least people before me came up with. Um, this, it's a program that I inherited. It's not my it's not my brain. Uh, I can't take credit for this one, but I can take you know credit in reviving it or investing in it. Um, so our goal is to have eight resources uh, for each of the 88 counties. Um, in the state of Ohio on our website, and in particular, mm -hmm. things that are still under copyright, you know, so the getting permissions from the people, right. often the local chapters that created it, um, I don't need their copyrights, but I need permission to digitize it and make okay. it available. Um, so that's our biggest goal, because we want to put on our website, things that you can't find in other locations. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of there's not doesn't make a lot of sense for me to digitize the things ancestry and family search right. has. Because um, they have a much bigger platform and and it's already available and people are already going there okay. looking for sites. But it's always my goal to put the things on that are unique to OGS, right. um, maybe unique to our chapters. And um, it's also another way for the chapters themselves to make their presence known um, mm -hmm. that they, that they exist at a local right. level and that they're doing work. Um, they have done incredible work. I always say genealogists created resources when there weren't resources. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have any resources. So we go out and we we reread an entire um, a cemetery and we write right. down everything that's on it. Or we go into the local um, county office and write down and, you know, abstract the things that we see there or index them. Um, you know, just even locally, uh, some, you know, a funeral home has opened up their records and allowed right. a local chapter to, to index them. I mean, all those things are unique resources that are definitely local and, and it would be even better to have them have a wider audience. Right. Online. You know, and it speaks again to the idea of, of being a gateway. Um, when I speak to somebody over the phone or, or via email who has a question about an ancestor that they're researching, usually one of the first things I ask them is what county were they in? And, oh, then I, and then and then the next thing I do is I direct them to that county chapter. And I say, these are the folks who have dedicated their lives basically to that county. 
um, they're going to be the first people to be able to help you uh, at least get started on that ancestor in that particular county. And from there, you can build out. So, you know, I think that that's, uh, you know, the OGS chapter structure is, is something that that I think we have uh, a great advantage over other organizations about because we have such a strong chapter uh, structure. And some of them have done incredible work. Um, right. So, you know, I came to OGS as a librarian, not as a genealogist. Right. So I knew right. nothing. And when I go up and down the aisles and I see, you know, um, you know, uh, decades of work that people have done to make mm-hmm. things, you know, make uh, uh, records available, information available, know about our pioneers, um, all those, you know, it's just, it's, it's amazing work and it's something yeah. that we should all be very proud of. So yeah. Uh, another area that I, that I know I've, I've dumped on top of you um, is, uh, is, is working with and managing a lot of the volunteers who come to the library and do projects for OGS. Um, we're very blessed to have a lot of volunteers to work with. Um, but we're always seeking more volunteers. And and is there, can you speak for a minute about the kind of needs that we have there? Um, so when th- people think of volunteers here at OGS, first thing they generally think of is that um, the volunteers that man our, our desks. So when you first come into OGS, um, the person greeting you at the desk is, is likely a volunteer. Um, these are some people that have been here for a long time, a lot of them, and some of them are just absolutely amazing genealogists. Um, we've actually, we've just had some recently new people, people who have, you know, experience in, um, they, you know, uh, they like military things or something like mm-hmm. that. So that first person up there is not necessarily a librarian, but it is a volunteer, and it's a volunteer that knows their stuff often and at least knows the library really well so there's that I mean that's always always needed not everybody can come to Belleville we're not local to every and everybody even though we do have some people that come from afar um we and and not everybody wants to be the front desk so uh (laughs) we have we have right now across the hall from me we have a volunteer that comes here every single week and um indexes our archive collection he's just opening it up and describing what things that are in a box um, so, uh, uh, and, and we also have the, our yearbook librarian as a volunteer. So he's very right. unique, but there's a whole b- a wide range of things that I, um, would like that needs that we have, um, that don't have to be even that librarian-ish. Um, uh, I have book repair things. I, I have books <laughs> that somebody just needs to take a second to gently glue it back together, put right, it right. on it, make it so that it can survive the shelf. Um, so that's like, that's something you don't have to be here all the time. Maybe you have to come pick it up, um, and right. then, you know, take it home, take your time. Um, if you want to repair it here, fine. But, um, so those kinds of needs, I, I would like to see somebody maybe run the OGS store that mm-hmm. we have both online as well as here, just kind right. of organize it in a little bit. But the other thing that people from afar can do is, um, is be indexers or um, transcribers. Um, We have an awful lot of things that are handwritten. And even though computers get better every single day at reading that kind of stuff, um, it's still, you still need somebody that's looking at it to make Mm -hmm. sure that um, that is transcribed properly, but also that technology eh, a little bit out of our price range right now in a right, biological right. society. Right. <laughs> Free labor of index. Free labor is a little easier for us, but um, so all kinds of indexing stuff. Um, it, people, if you know how to manipulate information um, using, you know, Excel and some other things, like if mm. you could take, a, a, you know, a, something that might be text and import it in there and be able to uh, rearrange it into an index and that kind right. of stuff. Things that you can do from afar for us, um, wonderful. So yeah. I have a whole bunch of that stuff too. <laughs> and what's amazing is we, we've been speaking for a while now, and, and I and I didn't even mention that you're a fan of the University of Michigan. 
I sure am. I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> so my husband got his <laughs> got his mathematics degree uh, with his PhD at uh, University at, at Michigan's where we lived as newlyweds with no money, and uh, and so we are super fans. Well, that. I wasn't going to let that. I'm not from Ohio. My family is, but I am not from Ohio. I'm not from Michigan either. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank goodness. I'm sure that'll make everybody happy. Well, Linda, thank you so much for joining us today on Ohio Roots. Really enjoyed speaking to you this way as opposed to just yelling at you from my office or over the phone. Um, So uh, thank you. And I hope you have a great rest of your day today. Great. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Well, that was a lot of fun talking to Linda today. It's, it's you know, we, we chat a lot in the offices at the OGS Library in Belleville. Uh, and so it's always fun when you get to kind of speak with someone you work with on a regular basis and get a chance to uh, kind of share their knowledge and their expertise with everybody. So I want to thank Linda again for joining us today on the Ohio Roots Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and we'll look for you next time on the next Ohio Roots Podcast. The Ohio Roots Podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Genealogical Society, the premier gateway for discovering your Ohio family history. Hosted by OGS Executive Director Noel Poyer and edited by Luke Poyer. Theme song is Beautiful Ohio, recorded by Bob Stanley and his orchestra in 1944. To learn more about joining the Ohio Genealogical Society, visit www.ogs.org.